being willing to forgive yourself. I think people don't forgive themselves enough. You know, they think that they have to be this perfect uh, Odonis image of not just uh, on a physical level, but just uh, on what it means to live life and go through the standard pegs of life. We go to school, we get a good job, we do this, we do that. But why? Why do you do those things? And also, if you're not on that path, have you forgiven yourself? Because it doesn't matter. Yes, you should be doing something of meaning, but it doesn't mean you have to follow the same path that every person before you has. Maybe there is a better way to do it because there's a lot of things in our society that we could choose to do better. And maybe it's our responsibility now not only to do them better for ourselves, but for the rest of our existence. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome, one, and welcome all back to Way of the Artist podcast. Coming at you still from self-isolation uh, amongst everybody, but we've got more guests, which has been really fantastic. Great opportunity to, to be doing that. And today we've got a fantastic guest. Uh, not only is he a dear, dear, close personal friend, he was my best man <laughs> at my wedding. Um, True. And not, not that I'm just handing out favors to friends here, but, uh, Marco <laughs> mutual. Yeah. Marco is a, is a, is a person worth listening to, um, because he's got an incredible, uh, life experience, incredible pedigree and expertise. So let me just tell you a little bit about Marco. Marco Pasqua is an award-winning entrepreneur, accessibility consultant, and inspirational speaker, whose speaking topics are focused on his personal stories of overcoming obstacles and managing major life transitions. Throughout his life, Marco has been involved with a number of organizations as a spokesperson, helping to spread advocacy for persons with disabilities across Canada. He is a huge proponent of creating and maintaining authentic relationships, which he believes is a secret to his success. Marco, welcome. I guess welcome back yes. to the show. Kind of, because uh, I was a guest on the show before, but that was when you guys were the B and E podcast. So this is this is a whole new structure, a whole new format. But uh, and last time we were actually in the same room together, so this is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. It's always nice when everyone can actually sort of sit together and have the round table. But you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Hey, this works, man. If anything. Uh, companies, movies, television shows have all proven that doing this whole format of recording through Zoom or other platforms is the way to go and that it's possible. So we can even dive into that when it comes to remote work in later on in the conversation. Yeah, definitely. And and actually, let's, um, let's talk about that immediately. I know that okay. you have been, um, that you've been doing a lot, you've been keeping quite, quite busy or busier than a lot of people have been managing to keep yeah. uh, during during this time. I know that you've been uh, like you've been emceeing and giving talks and and things like that. Like, how about you just how about you flesh out a little bit of the things that I've already said about you sure. um, as far as like 
you know, you're, you're a speaker, you're an MC, you, you know, you're an advocate for a number of different things. Yeah. What is the driving force behind all of these things? The driving force is never being satisfied with the status quo. I, I think like uh, your, your audience who's listening, they wouldn't be able to tell by hearing me, but I have a disability and I use a manual wheelchair to get around most of the time. And so when I started and built my business, um, I already had what some would consider traditional cards stacked against me uh, because not only did I have to create a successful business for myself, but also do that uh, with the labels uh, that society throws on us, especially if you're a person with a disability. So I knew that um, both that would be my advantage and that could also be uh, a downfall in the eyes of some people. But in the context of our current pandemic, uh, I had to really pivot quickly because like many small business owners, I've been running my business now for almost, uh, almost nine years. And like many small business owners, uh, especially ones that speak on public stages and uh, do a lot of traveling across the country, that stopped immediately uh, with these travel bans and various things of, of this nature. Uh, so 95% of uh, my work that I do was immediately stopped and presentations that I had set out and, and were banking on, literally banking on financially wise, uh, were done and they weren't going to be uh, transferred over. So, but I had to be crafty. And so a number of what I do is to do with things like this, podcasts, um, uh, webinars, um, speaking about opening eyes and shifting perspectives for people when it comes to the capabilities of people with disabilities, but also how to make our world more inclusive and universally accessible for all people. And my whole driver behind all of this is literally to change the narrative because I don't know about you, but I don't watch the news. I, I, I actually despise the mainstream news. And I, and anytime I have flicked on something, it's been a negative take on what we're going on and that we should all be living in fear. And Oh my goodness, if we don't get a vaccine, we're in trouble. Whereas I'm like, I can't be the only one talking about the fact that there are actually some positive benefits to this. And actually it falls right into my wheelhouse as far as the types of subject matter that I like to speak about as a, as a presenter and as a speaker. So that, that has actually been good. And I'm a huge believer in manifestation in our first show that we did together on the BNE podcast. We talked about the cube principle. That's my, my method for manifestation, creatively utilize your best energy, but Whatever you want to call it, I think that the more that you think and believe something, that's the more that you're going to get back, especially as an artist, especially as a, a business person, you are going to be what you think about the most. And I knew that it was important. It was vital for me to not get myself in a negative headspace going into all of this when it'd be so easy uh, to give into all of those things. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that everything is always out there. There's always the opportunity to look at the negative. There's always the opportunity to look at the positive and it's always all happening, but sure. it's, it's all about how you choose to see it. I mean, there's an experiment they do. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen it where they say, okay, watch this video and see how many times everyone passes the ball back and forth and, and keep, keep count. And people yeah. will focus on this ball pass and they won't notice that there's a guy in an eight costume walking by in the background and that they change the entire background as a backdrop. And they miss all these things because they're so minutely focused on counting the passes, right? Wow. The life is like that. What you focus yeah. on is what you'll experience and what you like kind of 
tune out from, you won't. And Mm -hmm. I think like negative focus is one of those things. You'll see it as much as you look for it and positive is you'll see as much as you look for it. And it's all there. The, the, the platter is all there to take from, but it sounds a lot like a lot of what you've done is really choose your focus and choose where you're going to put your intention. And that's not to say that I'm impenetrable. Uh, I want to make it clear. Uh, I've struggled with mental health and anxiety challenges uh, my whole life. And so I, I always say this in, in, in interviews and things, um, that it makes me feel a little bit like a fraud. Like I have imposter syndrome, uh, which is a real thing, you know, for a lot of people. Whereas you, you just can't figure out how you're getting these accolades or how you're being invited to these events and things because you feel like you're just sharing your story. But particularly when you struggle with mental health yourself but then i've realized over the years that actually it makes me more of an authoritative figure because i've literally walked the trenches of what it's like to go through that headspace and i know what's worked for me to help pull people out of situations of writer's block of of um, conversations of self-worth of things of this nature and i actually think that it makes me more powerful and more able and capable to support somebody through a dramatic change. And so um, I actually encourage and embrace uh, the, the, uh, the negative thoughts that sometimes can pop in as a way of providing fuel uh, for, to push me forward and, and to, to really find the lesson. As I, I often say, there is no win and lose, there's win and learn. Uh, you, you know, you're never losing if you're always having the opportunity to be open to, to learning something in the experience. So yeah, one of my, uh, one of my old, uh, acting mentors, he used to have a thing like in, in the classroom that he would say, which is like, when we, when we win, we win. And when we lose, we win. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of like a, a similar, similar type of thing. Cause yeah, there was no, essentially there was no actual losing ultimately at the end of all of it. Right. Yeah. I think um, you just have to be uh, open to it. Yeah, I, I mean, you. There's so much that you said in, in just that last that last statement there um, that we could we could dive into any number of things. I mean, the imposter syndrome is one that uh, I think is a very strong one, especially for people who are artists, creatives, anyone. If you're a person who has to put yourself out there mm-hmm. at any capacity in the public eye, or whether that's you know you're you manage a business and you have employees and you have to address them, or if you're giving online seminars or you're doing public talking, whatever it is. Um, I think that's something that, that lots of people, you have to come up with that because when you have eyes on you, questions of self-worth are somewhat bound to come up no matter what. Yeah. And And I I think I know you would say that's your ego, uh, you know, uh, kind of fighting against you as well. Right. I think people don't like to face their demons, so to speak. And, uh, but it's important to do that though, because it, it reminds you what your purpose is. Why are we even doing, why do I wake up in the morning and decide that this is what I want to do for my life? There has to be a drive. There has to be a meaning. There has to be some purpose, some driver that pushes you to say that this is what you want to do to get it to, to make an income, but more importantly, to make an impact. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, for everybody, there's, there's kind of stages in our, in our way, right. As we go along and, and at first it's like, I like this, I want to do more of it. And I, I want to explore that. And then it's like, well, maybe I could make a living at that. Maybe I could get some return for this thing that I'm passionate about. But I think like 
really the next stage is about what's the service? What's the thing that this is going to do for other people? Yeah. Because if you think about a gift or you think about like, you can have passion, but passion will, will fizzle if it doesn't actually start to, I mean, spread seed. Like if it doesn't start to give out something, because I think what ends up happening is like, um, you know, you can only go so far fulfilling yourself before you need to do something else to fulfill yourself. Yeah. And, um, I, it sounds like, you know, to, to have a business for nine years, as you've said, like that, you have to get to a point. I just think you have to get to a point where you begin to make it more about service than about making a living. Oh, hundred percent. I, yeah. if this was just about money, uh, I could have sold myself out a long time ago and be making a lot mm-hmm. more money. Uh, yeah. but, it, but, but actually both of you know this, and I want to make this clear to the audience as well. I've also equally known Brandon for probably 15 years as well. Uh, you know, and you guys have watched the development of this business, you know, because I've known you for longer than I've been running this business and how there has been innately a struggle, uh, like any new business starting up. And you ask yourself the questions as you're building something new or creative, is what is your driving purpose, as we've been saying, but also what are you willing to do or not do to get yourself to what some would consider the pinnacle of success? Uh, some would label it as you're just financially successful and you're making in big checks. If I wanted to make big, big money, I could have sold myself out a long time ago and sell books and a bunch of crap that I know people don't need at the back of a room when I'm presenting on stage <laughs> um, just to make extra income. And I'm not saying that all books that are sold at events are garbage and people don't need them. That's not true. But there are people who exploit this industry, especially the industry of um, self-help and motivation uh, for their own gain. And and you guys know that I'm a huge believer also in service to others. And it's why I do the volunteerism that I do. And it's why I do the various other things that I do for charities and sit on like a couple of boards and things like this is because I want to, Brandon, do what you're saying, which is continue to find new ways to give people um, hope and give people uh, inspiration in ways that they didn't even think they were searching for. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is what makes somebody truly a strong creative or a person who wants to give back to others is that you're constantly searching for new methodologies, new mediums in which you can be an expert message delivery vessel. Because at the end of the day, as a presenter, it shouldn't be about your ego. It should be about the fact that you are just a vessel to deliver a message. That's all that there is to it. And if you can put your own spin on that lesson or that story that you uh, really found impactful for yourself personally, maybe someone else can gain something special from, from you know, your experiences in mm-hmm. finding their own way through a certain path. You know, I, I want to go back to something that you, you said uh earlier on, Marco, it's somewhat related to what you, you just said, um, which is that you're talking a little bit about like your anxiety and like the, the mental health things that, that you've, uh, struggled with. And, you know, I've, I've struggled with similar things myself and, and, you know, sometimes these things come, come in, in waves. Um, and I, I find that very often in our culture, it's like these things of like when we're struggling, it's something that uh, that we're sort of trained to just push that away or neglect it, ignore it. And you mentioned 
sort of like what you do with like story changing the narrative of mm -hmm. using that thing as something to to help fuel your message um, to other people. And what was that sort of discovery, that transition like in, in realizing that your struggle could be something that's inspirational? Yeah, well, okay, so so let me preface that with the fact that uh, especially when you're a speaker with a disability in the industry of speakers, you want to be careful about uh, it coming across as what they call inspiration porn. Uh, but I want to I want to be clear about what what that means for me, okay? Because because there's an important aspect to this here, okay? Is um, you know you'll see you'll see posters or things out there uh, with somebody with an amputee amputee with uh, no legs, but they've got prosthetics on, and it says the only disability in the world is a bad attitude, and you know something like that. As you're seeing this person with with no legs, and people go, well, isn't that inspirational that this person's out there going and getting their morning coffee and they're not asking for somebody to do that for them and things like this. So I always wanted to make it very clear that I'm not inspiring because I can do the things that we expect normal society to do. I want to be inspired by who I am as a person and not by what I do because of my circumstance. You know, and I think that it's important to to reframe that for a lot of people is that um, life uh doesn't happen to us it happens for us i actually think that um it was is that alan watts that said that or it's one of the philosophers i i know that you follow evan um, oh um i'm <laughs> where did i where did I, I that seems so so familiar i don't know if it was alan watts i mean he's said some some familiar <laughs> things like that i actually <laughs> think that you know what i actually think that that's tony robbins to be honest with you do you really okay so, i think well, that's tony actually robbins. a great example then because here's the thing <laughs> Tony is a guy that's been in the industry for a long, long time, but I don't like that extra cheese, most stuff. Okay. You can find the power within the giant within as Tony would say. And I think that that's really great. And his methodologies really do speak to a particular demographic and time and era in that industry. What I wanted to do was completely flip this industry on its head and be a different kind of guy that was naturally inspirational to people just because I bring that energy every single time and that it has nothing to do with my disability or my chair. So, so back to your original question around the anxiety and those pieces and how you can reframe. Honestly, uh, it's not always easy. Man, you know that if I didn't have Karen, my wife in my corner, I think that it would be a lot more difficult, especially in times of isolation. Like if we didn't have our respective partners or at least friends that we could call to or call on to help pull us out of these situations, it wouldn't be as easy. I mean, you and Brandon also have each other as a way of, as an additional sounding board for each other as well during these times. And, and I respect uh, both of you so greatly and our friendships that I know that it's a little bit of a cheat because I'm never actually alone in the situation. I know that if I wanted to bite the bullet and I really felt like I needed a sounding board, I could call either of you and say like, I'm going through some shit right now. And, you know, to go back to that imposter syndrome thing, I actually think that finding your own motivation, and it's actually why I call myself an inspirational speaker and not a motivational speaker like many people do, because everyone is motivated by different things. Okay. It could be money. It could be fame. It could be helping others. Uh, but inspiration, uh, that's the spark. 
Inspiration is the spark. So my goal is to inspire you to find what motivates you, if that makes sense. And I have to remind myself of that when I go through these times of anxiety and depression, that there's a bigger picture here. So life doesn't happen uh, to us. It happens for us. And whether or not we're passively on a Disneyland uh, ride where the track is fixed and we just have to observe, it's a small world as we're being pulled through a tunnel or whether or not we can literally pull a lever and change the track to go down different. It's kind of irrelevant uh, because the real lesson is, are you paying attention? (laughs) Are you actually taking note and pausing to see all of the different facets of the ride as you're going through it? Because you might've taken that ride a hundred times by now, but it's the hundred and once time where you took a look over in the corner and saw that there was a little figurine that you never noticed before. And what can you take away from actually seeing that at the 101st time? I honestly, you know, I love using analogies, Evan. So that's why I went into an analogy. But honestly, the, the, the truth is, is that it's about observation. And if you keep repeating the same mistakes in your life, you're going to get the same lessons popping up over and over again. And people who get into those are, are remuneration cycles of why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep going through all these shitty situations? It's because you haven't paused. It's because you haven't taken the time to say, what do I actually need to learn? Because I guarantee you the times I've actually paused and say, why does this anxiety inducing moment keep happening? And then try to work my way through it mentally and emotionally. All of a sudden that scenario stops happening. And yes, I'm presented with a new lesson and you never stop learning, but I'm presented with something new and different. And so that tells me there's a gamification to the world that we live in. And it's incredible. The more that people realize that you can use life to your advantage and you can get the things that you want by helping other people. It's an incredible journey, man. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I, I personally went through a period of depression. You know, I, I yeah. went through, um, I, I, I like to think of it more as an existential crisis because, <laughs> Although you might say like, oh, I was depressed, I was down, I was whatever. But when I was in that place, it was so, the world was so small and it felt so lonely. And I Mm -hmm. felt like um, disconnected from everybody and I felt disconnected from the world and nothing really made sense. And it was hard to kind of like, everything seemed like chaos. And what I started to find while I was in that stage was that um, eventually when things are chaos, I would start to put things together. So I was like, well... You, you can't live in chaos. You have to make meaning. You have to start to put a story together. You have to, and I was starting to see the story that I was telling myself about even the story of chaos, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then I decided that I was like, well, I'm going to author the story that, you know? And so what I think is interesting, what I learned from that was that there's something animating me. Like there's something be, beyond me in this life that's animating me. Mm-hmm. And what is that thing what does that thing have a calling for? What does that thing push me towards? And then, you know, it's, it's, it's such an interesting thing to pull yourself out of a, you know, you want to call it a mental health thing. It's like, my mental health is like, not good. I don't like it. Right. And then to pull yourself into a place where you're really in a good place. It's like, I think when you're in it, you don't feel like you can get out of it. But I think what would be interesting, Marco, is maybe you could share how it was for you, like how you go mm-hmm. through that anxiety or that, that those feelings you're going through and like what, what helps you kind of redirect and reanimate yourself in a sense that 
makes you come alive just the way you're speaking right now. Obviously yeah. you're connected, right? But there was pr- clearly times where you haven't been. So yeah. what's the difference? What's the change? What do you do? What For myself, thoughts? I can say personally, like there's just a moment where I say, get over yourself, honestly, because I feel like for me, at least, uh, I can recognize when it's been a pity party and look, it's okay to, to kind of sit in that and to feel like those raw emotions, because I think sometimes when we're going through those states, you're never going to get as raw of an emotion as you are when you're being real with yourself and kind of coming up against these walls. Um, but eventually after, because I'm a guy that can't sit still uh, with, with the thoughts that are going on in my head, which is why traditional meditation doesn't work for me, which is why I use mantras. So that's a great transition, actually, because mantra-based ma- meditations or uh, tra- transcendental meditations, I believe it's called, um, is the thing that works for me to kind of calm my thoughts, to slow myself down, to get myself recentered. And to remind myself that by sitting there and saying that my world is so small and that, and that, oh, woe is me. And I could sit there and beat myself up about having 13 surgeries and having a disability and I don't walk so well and blah, 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 blah. But honestly, what is that doing? How is that helping other people? How is that helping me? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that those reminders of what is this going to do to help me grow? And if the answer is nothing, <laughs> Well, then maybe I should take what I can out of that orange, squeeze that orange for as much as it's worth, and then move on to the next piece. And how I get more out of the situation is literally then taking those more meaningful pauses of of uh, doing mantra-based meditations, um, doing uh, planks on the ground, going and doing some form of working out, which I got to tell you, being in lockdown here has been really challenging for me because... I had gone through a state of not being happy with who I was in the mirror anymore on a physical aspect too, because my, I have an athletic background in my, and I used to be in really good shape. And I used to believe that I was just always this person, this athletic person. And then as I was looking at myself in the mirror, which, which led to a lot of these bouts of depression and not seeing the person that I saw myself to be, it was a really tough wake up call. Uh, and so, uh, I started working with a personal trainer again and getting back into competitive shape, but not to compete, but just to feel like me again. And that in combination with intermittent fasting, uh, they say a healthy body is a healthy mind. And it's absolutely true. It's that it's not just about the work you're doing inside your mind and in, and outside on your body. It's actually in combination with both of those things. And believe it or not, you know, those, and I'm sure you both can relate. There are times where you don't want to go to the gym and you're like, this fucking sucks. I do not want to do this. But as you're getting into it, you're like, actually, this feels great. And by the end of the workout, you're like, if I didn't get past that initial hump of not wanting to do this, I never would feel as amazing as I feel right now. So that in combination of intermittent fasting, not only was helping to repair my body and bring it back to the person that I remember myself being, but I didn't even realize that the side effect to that was it was also simultaneously repairing my mind. Right. And that was a really cool thing. You know, there's a a, a quote or something I came across the other day and it was really good. I really like it really landed with me, but it was, you know, who are you? You're the thing that changes yourself. You're the thing you're, you're so like, when you think of who you are, you're the thing that made you who you are. You're, you're not even you, you're, you're that decision. You're that, 
that that thing that's behind the puppet in a sense making it kind of and and it makes sense to me that you would feel a lot better because i mean material material results in the world do count they do make us feel certain things in the physical realm but like that thing that actually made us go out and get it that's the true reward and i think like I, I personally, I think that we're kind of in a, in a time where people are beginning to go like, okay, it's not the car that I got that made me happy. It's my ability to be the kind of person that went out to get the car. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was my ability to be the kind of person that was willing to change myself to figure out how to do it, to make it happen. You know, just like you did with your body. It's, it's that, that's the real, like, I think the real connection to self, right? I'll, I'll tell people a little secret is that I constantly talk to my higher self. I know that there is an idealistic version of myself. However you want to picture it. I picture it as them looking literally down on me from the ethos, from whatever <laughs> that means um, of that ideal version of what I look like physically, what I feel like emotionally. And when I know that I'm, cause I, I have a bit of a temper, you know, because maybe it's the Italian fiery Italian in me. I don't know what it is, but when people do things that are wrong, I just, I get fired up and it's the same thing that motivates me when I'm on the stage. But I'll, when I, when I feel like I'm not processing the information the way that I could or the most calmly, I literally have been known to look up and out loud say, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. All right. <laughs> Like, I know that wasn't the best move. I'm trying here. You're trying my patience, but I, I, I hear the lesson. I will actually sound out that I understand that I'm trying to teach myself something right now in that yeah. moment that the universe is trying to teach me something. And I'll literally just say, and, and you can do this too at home if you want to. It works, man, is literally just saying, I get it. I understand it. And I'm sorry that I, I reacted that way. Next time I will do better. And it doesn't matter if you say this to yourself 50, 75, hundred times, as long as you're cognizant that you are going to try to do better next time, then ultimately you will. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer in, in uh, quantum physics and the idea of multiple universes and, and every decision we make brings us down a new path. And the cool and exciting thing about thing about that is that means that every single branch of your decision making tree is never un, is never undone. It's there's always a new path in which you can take. So if you don't like the path that you're currently on, if you don't like the direction the branch is growing, make a different decision and watch and shock yourself as you thought you were predetermined, but you realized that that predetermination only led you to the thought that you had to bring you down that new path. Right. And so it's incredible. You can, I mean, obviously you, it can work into a circle where you can get into like inception here, but at the end <laughs> of the day, I mean, there's always an opportunity to make a different, a better change. And, and I think that that echoes with what we're doing in the world right now with this pandemic and, and not always uh, buying into this or that, but, but using your discernment, even in your own life and in your own lessons to say, where, where do you want to go next? Well, I mean, this is such a pertinent topic. I mean, really what this whole podcast, what this whole show is about, you know, it's like way of the artist. It's about, it's about creatively living your life treating your life with an element of creativity and artistry, creating a work of art out of your life. And so much of it, of what that is, like I, the more conversations we have, the more I'm convinced that it's like, it, there's not one solution. There's not 
everybody has their their own path they're on and the best way for you to figure out what that is is to start paying attention mm. to your life <laughs> yes. you know start paying attention to the things that 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 uh, the fire that you have in you start paying attention to um you know what what life seems to be asking of you, mm-hmm. like start paying attention, start paying attention to like, to everything that's going on. And then there's no, there's no blueprint for how you're supposed to live your life. Cause you're creating it, yes. you know, from moment to moment to moment to moment. Yeah, no. And that's, that's exactly how I found my success. You know, when I was on the show and we talked a lot more about the Q principle before on the D and E podcast, it was like people kept coming up to me asking me, how are you meeting these people? How are you doing these things you're doing in your life? And literally I, it comes down to, I was just paying attention <laughs> and I was just uh, understanding where I needed to place myself next or who I need to support to next. And knowing that my network is so much more powerful than me as one individual, knowing the strengths that you have and that you Brandon, bring to a table that I don't bring, but maybe you could help me to get to that next stepping stone of whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish or whatever it is I'm trying to get to step outside of yourself. Know that your network of people don't have to be non-playable characters in your life. Mm. They don't. Okay. Uh, uh, oftentimes we float through life and, and people don't realize if this was a video game, we call those NPCs, people that it goes <laughs> passively that you would never uh, interact with or spend time with. But every single person has a role to play in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you empower people to play a strong role, one that can build you up and help you to uncover things under rocks that you never bothered to pick up before, you might be surprised with what you might find. And before I came on the show today, Evan, when you were at my place um, a while back, we were talking about how, um, you know, my process for, for getting on stage and how every single time, even though I've given hundreds of presentations, um, I still get butterflies in my stomach. And that's a good thing. Okay. As an artist, as somebody who does what you love, if you're following your passion, never, ever lose that feeling. Because if you lose that feeling, you've lost why it matters. Uh, there has to be meaning behind what you do. And those butterflies are a reminder of the meaning. So I never want to stop feeling butterflies in my life with what I do, because it means I actually give a shit about <laughs> what I'm delivering. Right? I do want to let everyone know we kept a very social distance when <laughs> in this meeting. <laughs> I didn't say when this happened. This was, you know, this was a while um, back. <laughs> but no, it's so like Mark, you like as you mentioned, like you you do a lot of presentations, you give a lot of talks and speeches, and you know I'm sure some of the content and the and the messaging that you're you're giving, some of it is probably familiar uh, as it goes on. But I would imagine that you would still have to be creating new things like to keep your for for one just because you know as as time changes life changes the world changes i mean there's no greater evidence of that than the time we're in now yeah um and these things are all things that have to be acknowledged that we we have to bring into our communication but like it's every single time it there's whenever you have to create something new, there is oftentimes a lot of resistance that comes with it. Uh, how do you continue to create 
new things to deliver to people um, over and over and over and over again? Where, where do you find your, your well to do that? Well, actually, I, I think I may have brought this up on the B&E podcast when you had me on last time, but um, literally, systematically, one of the things I did when I started out as a speaker, and this is not, I don't want to take credit for this, this is something that my, men, my speaker mentor told me at the time, but he told me to create a chart of my life up to that point, uh, which at that time was 2012, uh, was the current date. And uh, he said, I want you to create a chart that has an experience. Uh, basically, uh, I did it as an Excel chart. Okay, so I had columns of my experience, my emotion, and how it made me feel. Okay, and the date on the left hand, the leftmost side, and literally like a chronological chart. I said 1985. Marco was born. Um, I'm born uh, three months premature. Um, how did this make me feel? And I had drop down menus because that's how nerdy I am of like, <laughs> I was sad. I was happy. I was whatever, whatever, whatever. What did you learn from that emotion or feeling? And anyways, I went through and I did every single point of the timeline up to 2012 of really impactful or emotional things that I had experienced up to that point. And people don't realize that every single one of those experiences is a story that you can bust wide open for a particular audience or a particular circumstance. Um, so when a, when a client approaches me and says, look, my team is having struggle, uh, struggling with leadership, finding courage, finding, uh, finding their drive, I literally have an actual Rolodex of stories that I can pull from to say what stories do I feel best matched that? And then it reminds me, oh yeah, that memory I haven't really spent a lot of time with lately. That's when I can delve into deeper and find the purpose behind what it is that client is looking for. So every presentation I give is custom tailored to what the client is looking for. But I 100% want to make this clear. They are 1000% uh, authentic stories of real things that have happened to me because if they didn't actually happen to me or I don't have some sort of personal connection with them, I feel like that goes against who I am and my brand as an individual and my brand as a person that I want to tell you real stories, not hypothetical stories that you just think sound nice. And, you know, they are real things that have happened to me. And that's the sense of vulnerability. I think more artists need to um, respect and understand that it's okay to be vulnerable Vulnerable. And in fact, the more vulnerable you are with an audience, um, the more that they'll connect with you and the story that you're trying to present. And that it's not about them connecting with that personal story of mine because I went through it. But the aha moment I look for, and I've literally seen people's jaw drops when I'm on stage, is that ah, it was the person had that moment with their grandfather or their uncle or their mother or father that was very similar to what I talked about. And that one little throwaway piece of the story that I thought was meaningless, you know, to me, but that one little element of the story meant something to someone else. And that's the power of making the stories fresh and unique and current is that you're always going to feed off of the energy of the people who are watching and observing and taking in those stories because they're ultimately going to put a little bit of themselves as a layer on top of what it is that you're, you're disseminating to the audience. And that's what makes it special. And that's what mm. gets me up every single day is knowing that it's going to, that someone is going to have an impactful moment. Even if it's an audience of a thousand and only one person has that moment, I guarantee you that person will come running up to me once I get off stage and say, 
thank you. It was when you told when you were talking about that moment where uh, you felt abandoned and you 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 you, uh, you you wheeled really quickly towards the bus, but you missed the bus, and you know you missed that bus, and it was just a bus. But to me, I remember the moment when I was caught in the rain and I missed the bus, and if I didn't miss that bus. I never would have met my significant other because you know who pulled up to me at the bus stop uh, five seconds later is the person I'm married to today. You see, and like those are things I can't make up. Those are things that happen to real people. And it's just, it was meant to happen that I stuttered or I stopped or I deviated from the way I normally tell the stories 50 times over. I decided to say it a little bit differently today. And because I did that, it opened up a whole world of possibilities for someone else. So is that, that, that's how you met your wife, huh? You missed the bus? I missed the bus. No, no, not for Karen, not for me. <laughs> um, no, Karen, I met actually because of I couldn't cancel the event I was trying to cancel. And that was the event that I met her at. And it wasn't a speaking event. We were both volunteers at a, a cross-country thing. And, and, and anyways, I do look at that as kismet as well because I tried to get out of that event. And I couldn't get through. The line was busy. And the irony thing about that is I talked to the organizers at the time saying I was trying to pull out of the event. And they said, well, the day that you're mentioning you're calling, nobody was on the phone that day. So it's weird that it was busy. So how about that for Unsolved Mysteries? <laughs> okay. How about that? Well, I mean, I want to take that 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 kind of line of thinking for a moment and just kind of venture down that because you know, when things don't work out the way that you want them to work out or the way that you're planning or the way that you think they should, that can also be what creates the opportunity for what is truly incredible, you know? And I think a lot of times people don't realize that they think, well, everything went wrong. It didn't work out. And, and then they take the position of being the loser or being the victim or being the whatever. Right. And I think that deep inside all of us, we know we don't want to be losers. We don't want to be victims. We don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be people who are just like powerless. But you, I think in those moments when things don't work out the way that you want them to work out, that's when you want to remain open. That's when you want to be there and be like, okay, this didn't happen the way I thought it would. So what's supposed to happen here? You know, like if it was, yeah. if it was meant to be this way, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and, and you could, you can look at this in all sorts of ways when things go wrong you can be a champion of that moment and incredible things can occur that sometimes would never occur if you weren't open to the thing, not happening the way you wanted it to happen, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's again about observation and paying attention. Although I want to make it clear. I don't want to be the asshole in every situation being like when someone tells you they're having a shitty day and it's like, but I was supposed to do this. And you don't want to be the guy that goes, but were you though? Are you, are you really, aren't you really on the path you're supposed to be on? Because that's not helpful to anyone when they're in a state of being frustrated, right? It's, it's being empathetic. I, I think people lo have lost empathy over the years. At least a lot of people have because they've, they've been forced to become self-focused because that's the way we're programmed to be through a lot of our programming and our TV, music, movies, all these things about if you don't drive for self, no one else is going to look out for you. And that's just a complete misnomer. Uh, you can find yourself by helping others and being and giving service to others. Um, it doesn't have to just be about me, 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 me. So taking those moments to be a shoulder for a friend and helping them to, to sort through the dirt that is shitty situations and say, what can we discover together through this? Not doing it in a placating way, but saying to them, 
Well, okay, let's dissect your day for a second. Okay, so you woke up, you literally rolled off the wrong side of the bed, you stubbed your toe, all your water was cold, there was no water pressure when you're having a shower, you hit every single red light, but what else happened? Oh, well, because you hit every single red light, it means that that you were five minutes late to the meeting that you were in, but then it sparked an interesting conversation with the person that you were supposed to meet with, and then you guys delved into this or that or the next thing, and you realize that there are hidden gems behind every single thing that you think were not meant to be and were not meant to happen. And, uh, and I try to remind myself that every day, especially the days where I'm really feeling in the dumps and uh, you know, it's not always successful, but then you remind yourself that you're human and that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay to live in that for a minute to understand your humanity. Yeah. Man, there's again, so much stuff that, we can go in there like so like uh the one little thing i just wanted to share which was and i don't remember it might have been dan millman who who said this but it was like one of these things like um a lack of compassion for others is usually attributed to a lack of compassion for yourself boom you know like like being able to not have empathy for others but um oh my god uh (laughs) It's a lot. There, I know. Yeah. No, no, no. There was, and there, there was something. There was something else in there that I was just like, oh, that was so. That was so good. And we can take a little, little trek down that road. Um, but well, now it's, it's, it's. Well, you're thinking about that, Evan. I want to throw in you. one thing. I want, <laughs> yeah. I want to throw in something. I, you know, and and I just want to hear Marco's response to this. But I, I heard a quote the other day. I love this one. It's like, what if you treated yourself like someone you loved? Mm. You know what I mean? Cause I actually wow. don't think a lot of people treat themselves like someone they really love. Like they don't, cause yeah. when you, when you love, like when you, when you fully are like in truthfully love, not like you're trying to get something out of somebody, like people love themselves. Like I'm going to use you to get something. They don't love yeah. themselves. Like I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure you're, 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 considered i'm gonna make sure that i'm kind to you you know what they talk to themselves like you're an idiot and they 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 do things that are not loving at all no but i mean i I just think like we could take all the whole conversation we've been having up to this point it just it it, that this quote kept coming back in my head it's like well what if you treated yourself like someone you loved you know how would you how would you deal with these situations how would you respond how would you be you know what i mean and I feel I think, like I would be a lot kinder to myself, to be honest, because yeah. even though I'm saying these things as though I'm an expert in this, I, I'm not an expert in this because I'm only an expert in my own life and my own experiences. So could I use to love myself more? Absolutely. But to your point, Brandon, I think everyone could use to love themselves a little bit more. It's kind of like that whole thing of the golden rule, treat others how you would like to be treated. But I think people forget yeah. Uh, would you speak to your mother that way? Would you speak to your significant other that way? I hope you wouldn't. If you would, then maybe there's another conversation that needs to happen. But at the end of the day, yeah, finding those pieces and actually being willing to forgive yourself. I think people don't forgive themselves enough. You know, they think that they have to be this perfect uh, Odonis image of not just uh, on a physical level, but just uh, on what it means to live life and go through the standard pegs of life. We go to school, we get a good job, we do this, we do that. But why? Why do you do those things? And also, if you're not on that path, have you forgiven yourself? Because it doesn't matter. 
Yes, you should be doing something of meaning, but it doesn't mean you have to follow the same path that every person before you has. Maybe there is a better way to do it because there's a lot of things in our society that we could choose to do better. And maybe it's our responsibility now not only to do them better for ourselves, but for the rest of our existence and everyone else around us. Because guess what, guys? We're the leaders of the uh, of the world going forward. We're now of the age where we were like, those are old people. Those are adults. That's what their <laughs> job is to do to run this planet. Guess what? We are those people now. So it's up to us to actually change things because we don't have to do them this way because that's the way it's always been done. And, and the same thing goes for your own self-worth, self-love, loving of others, um, bringing more positivity in the world, not buying into the fear of all of the messaging of, yes, we're in this together and that's great, but we don't have to buy into the fear of you need to uh, make sure that you're, you know, uh, social distancing is so important because we we, we, we we walk a very thin line between distancing and, t- and tyranny. And I, I want to make sure that that is clear. I do not want to live in a society that is run by tyrants that are literally dictating every single move we have to make because that is the opposite side of love. I want people to remember that because if we if we forget what love is and what connection really is, then we could easily give up our rights and our freedoms as human beings to other people who tell us that this is how we need to socially interact. And I'm getting fired up right now because it's to do with what's going on in our world today. But it, it, it frustrates me because I feel like there are days where the messaging behind being separate means that you're safe is winning. And I don't necessarily think that in every circumstance that that is true. Remember that human that. connection matters. I, I mean, that goes across the board with life, regardless of what's going on right now. Like yeah. sa- safety is important, but it's like, you know, y- y- if you want something in your life, if you, if there's something that matters to you, you got to be willing to put your ass on the line. You know, you got to be willing to put yourself out there and that, that requires risk and, you know, it requires courage and, it, you know, and, and, and love is courage. You know, I yeah. think that that's something that people need to realize because there's, you know, they say a coward dies a thousand deaths before they die, right? The courageous man, but one, you know, and it, or a courageous woman, but one. It's like, there is a certain point where we have to decide, you know, and, and, and I think we need to do it with grace, but like, yeah. there needs to be courage in this world. You know, if, if everybody just starts like playing it safe, playing it small, minimizing themselves, um, you know, we, we lose this humanity. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a line, right. You, you walk that line where it's like, I'm going to be courageous, but you know, I, I don't, I think of the warrior, right. The warrior is there to protect. They're not there to like, I'm going to do this thing to destroy. I mean, you could come at life that way, mm-hmm. but I think when you're like going at life and you're being the warrior, you think about what you're protecting, mm-hmm. you know, and you think about, um, you know, you're putting your life on the line to protect something you believe in. And I think that that is, is part of the fire that's coming out of you. You know, you're being a warrior. You're saying like, no, this is not right. Tyranny is not right. Um, but at the same time, you know, like we're protecting something is important, a value and ethic, whatever that might be that you're, you know, maybe we haven't clearly defined yet, but I get it. No, I just think no, that's I, a that's a way to put it to look at it, you know. Everyone should have that same fire and passion to fight for themselves. Fight for the future that you want for yourself regardless of what we're going through in the world today. 
Fight for what you think is right. Fight for your ethics, for your morals, for your values. If what you have to say is completely oppositional to what the the uh, the mass population is saying, so be it. That is freedom of thought. That is freedom of speech. That is freedom of rights and understanding. As long as you're hurt, not hurting anybody, and you're not uh, bringing someone else down in this world, then I think that you have every single right to believe what you are and believe who you are and what you can do to impact and help other people you know and i i just it, it frustrates me when we get into conversations where it's you're automatically wrong because it's not the mass opinion it's not the popular vote of what everyone else is saying and that is not a conversation my friend that is not a debate you know yeah. uh everyone brings their own perspective and you have to protect those rights and freedoms. Um, and you should fight for them and you should get passionate about it. Uh, because no one should ever, I don't want to live in a world where we all become automatons where we're all just kind of, uh, you know, going through the motions of we become the artificial intelligence. That to me is not a world that I want to live in. I want a world where we live symbiotically with technology and with other people, but in a way where we still are free to have our thoughts in the way that they matter the most. And that's to help ourselves and to help others. Well, it's kind of the message of the show in a lot of ways, you know, is like the way of the artist. It's, it's your own creative way of going about this. I mean, there's many different ways to climb the mountain. And if we say yeah. that you have to climb the mountain this way, then, then that's ty tyranny, right? Yeah. Like tyranny that, you know, the thing is, is like, um, we can all, we can all be headed to the same destination, <laughs> but we don't all have to go the same way. Some of us will go by land, some by sea, some by air, some by underground. It doesn't matter. I but might like, take an elevator. Exactly. But if we look at someone else and they're going about it a certain way or they're going a certain path, or maybe that path isn't as well tread, it's like not looking at them and saying, well, you're doing it wrong. You know, because just because this path is well-worn, just because many people are walking, it doesn't mean it's the right way. You know, it doesn't mean that it's the way to go. And I think that, you know, what you're bringing up for me, uh, Marco, is being a critical thinker about oh. our lives and about the way that we're moving forward in our lives. All of us, you know, everybody included. Yeah. 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 I actually attribute, you know, you both are people who have helped me to pull myself out of situations of feeling down in the dirts myself. And so I, I want to take a moment of gratitude and appreciation that I have both of you in my life because I think people don't take that time to pause and actually people say like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How's your day? Oh, it's great. But these are such uh, reflexed lines that we say to ourselves every day that it's like, do you actually believe that? So to pause and to say that we appreciate the individuals and the people and the emotions that brought us to say that. So, so to both of you, I want to say thank you because you have helped me out through so many, uh, tough situations and you may not even have realized it. It's not like we had like a sit down and I said, okay, here's my uh, crisis moment right now. Oh, thanks. You pulled me out of it. Maybe <laughs> I was just having a, a simple conversation with you over a coffee and you didn't realize that that aha moment you just gave me helped me to help me to move on and help mm -hmm. me to forgive myself. So, so thank you for that. And knowing that there is always a thousand different ways that we could do it. And how exciting is it that we could learn from someone else that there was a different way to do something that potentially was better for us. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so much of this conversation that we've had from the beginning to where we are now, uh, you know, Marco, based on like what you do in the world, what you try to talk to people about, uh, I'm, I'm seeing this theme of, you know, it's about finding um, the universal in the specific. It's about 
it's about finding the underlying humanity and the connection that brings everybody together. It's about going past these things that we see on the surface. It's about going past these um, these limit our limiting beliefs, going past the things that keep us small, things like fear, and getting to the truth and the heart of who we all are and what we all share together. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Uh, I mean, you've said it to me, uh, in the past before, you know, when you've had epiphanies and things and, and, but it's true. It's, I'm going to say it, Evan, it's all love. It's all love. Man. <laughs> it's all love. And uh, Brandon, I know I've heard you say it before too, man. And like people might look at that as the surface of well, what the hell is he talking about? It's all love. Yeah. Literally, it's all love. This illusion that we live in, that we are separate beings, is an illusion. And no, I'm not on any kind of drugs right now. I'm not on any kind of <laughs> assistance right now. Uh, it's an illusion. Uh, the, the vibrations that we have that make up uh, the, the falsity that is a physical form is just part of the game and that's okay uh the fact that you brandon you evan are living different perspectives of the same world that you see smell colors differently uh all these things you know it's incredible because when we realize that if i hurt you i'm ultimately hurting myself that is being one with oneself and Mm -hmm. that is understanding that we are the culmination of everyone's thoughts, dreams, and emotions. So if you're not happy with the Mm -hmm. world you're living in, if you live in a neighborhood where things are not happening, remember that that person across the street, as hard as it may seem, is a reflection of yourself. So can we help that person change? Maybe, but maybe it's not their job to change. Maybe it's their job to be so that you can recognize what they are in that moment and pull out of that what you want to be in that moment as well and know that we all play a part it's a circus but we play a part and it's incredible to play that part because uh boy oh boy do we have opportunities to make things better by realizing that we're only a small part of a much bigger picture and that we're all universally one being just trying to figure this thing out. If people don't already have that emotion, when they think about the fact that we're on a floating rock in space, I don't know how else to, you know, to tell you that there's something bigger happening here, you know, and, and people need to remember that. So the next time you want to put somebody on blast, remember that you're putting yourself on blast. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, it's true. And I think that, that it's all love is such a, it's such a difficult thing to comprehend until you've made certain, uh, you know, transformational jumps in your own life. Like, and, and it's, it's fine. I think there's certain comments, there's certain wisdoms that get shared. Right. And people can't hear them. They sound too woo woo. They sound too crazy. They sound too out there. But, um, I, I think when I was younger, I was much more like that. I was like, what? If someone said it's all love, I'd be like, what? Like, yeah. whatever. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Go but back like, to the country, you hippie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the cruncher, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a, a joke. Evan. But anyway, so um, the thing is, is that I, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of work on myself. I made a lot of growth. I made a lot of change and, and, and connected a lot more. And I began to see how much more that's true. And I think that there's certain wisdoms, there's certain concepts, certain ideas that you can hear, like we're all one and we're all connected, that it's fine. Like if in this moment you're hearing us talk about this on this podcast, you'll get it. 
you might not resonate with that. That might not make sense to you. And I think that's fine. I don't think you need to be like, um, you you don't need to reject it or take it or do anything. You know, you'll get there when you get there or you won't, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But like, I think that we can see that there is a connection between all of us undeniably, because if you have vengeance or spite towards someone else, the only poison that that's giving is yourself. And if Mm -hmm. you recognize that you're trying to give that to someone else and it's only coming back at you, that's one of the first steps to realizing how connected we are. Because when you hate on somebody, what you're really doing is you're actually giving it back to yourself. So if, if that lands with you, then you could see how theoretically everything you give is just coming back to you. So mm-hmm. you would start to go, well, it is all love. Cause I would give only love if I knew it was all coming back to me. You know what I'm saying? Like if maybe that helps some people put it together, you know what well, I mean? Hey, because- some, some people, some people call it karma. Right. Right. And some people might believe in karma, but they don't believe in a higher power, whatever. Okay. But if you believe in karma, then you believe that, you know, what it's basically like sending out a, it's like a, a, a a messenger pigeon. Okay. You send something out there and you'll get it back or a boomerang is probably a better example. Okay. You send something out there and you'll get it back. So literally when this first happened with, uh, with this pandemic and I was concerned about work and I said to myself, Oh, geez, I haven't really pushed myself to be doing a lot of online webinars. Can I really do that? And I said to myself, okay, I need more webinars. I actually do need more webinars. I need to be pushing myself to pivot, pivot very quickly. And also open up to the other aspect of my business, which is accessibility consulting. I want to touch on that for a second because I actually avoided it like the plague because I didn't want to be pigeonheld as the guy with a disability talking about disability related things because I didn't want to be considered one note. But the second that I opened myself up to, okay, well, maybe there is something I can do with that online. Maybe I can review blueprints given my training uh, for municipalities. And I shit you not, not two days later, I had somebody call me from the city of Coquitlam saying, hey, Marco, I used to work with you when you did some work with the city of Surrey and accessibility, and we're doing a new project, and there's no other accessibility consultant that I could see myself working with but you. And even though we're living in a time of social isolation, I'd love for you to review our blueprints to be able to do these things. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, because I said yes, because I said I want these things, because I said I'm not avoiding these things, I was getting these requests in droves to the point where now my business has settled and I'm able to start, you know, seeing the full picture and understand that they work in conjunction with one another. And, and yes, the motivational aspect is there, but I can also motivate people and, and open their eyes about things to do with accessibility. And once I say yes to that, that's a whole new stream of revenue that yes, one aspect of my business got cut off, but maybe there's a new way to do these things. And, and it's the same thing with the way we have emotions and feelings towards other people. The second that you say, yes, the, the, um, the universe does not have a conscience, okay? So it doesn't care if, if you say, uh, if you're living in thoughts of this is really shitty, all I keep getting is people uh, doing mean things to me, you're likely going to get more of those things happening because it's a reverb system. So the more you say it out, the more it's going to come back to you. And the more, finally, when I said yes, is when these opportunities came to be. And people can do that. They need to realize you can empower yourself in your own life to manifest whatever you need. And I'm not saying that we're all magic genies and all of a sudden you want a Lambo and a Lambo is going to land in front of your house. It, it comes down to intention. If you have the purest of intention with the, with the uh, things that you're setting out there in the world, 
the universe will repay you with those things occurring, but it has to come down to you're not just trying to serve yourself. And the reason I know this is because I've tested it. Okay. On the times where I was just trying to, when I was really in my head, or maybe there were times where I was human and, and I got a little bit of an ego and, and I didn't get those things back to me tenfold. But the second that I decided to say, I'm not going to put a lot of thought into this. I'm just going to say that if I was given this opportunity to help other people, oh boy, would I do these amazing things with it. And I kid you not, a phone call, an email, a something will happen to let that happen. But it was because I, I was driven by the right intentions. I, well, I just have to say this. I agree with you in intention and having your mind in the right spot. And I really believe in vision and visions, like one of the main messages that I share in my coaching. But like one of the things that I always try to impart on people is that intention requires action. If you want any material thing to happen in the world, like you can have all the feelings you want inside, you can build an incredible universe inside yourself. But if you want to manifest anything in the material world, it takes some form of action. And and the way I see it is like this, I have a vision. And when I have vision, I have clarity. And then through clarity, opportunity comes. It's my responsibility to act on that opportunity. If I don't act on that, I, there's no expecting the universe to like give it back because yeah. it's just not enough to be like, I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about it. But yeah, it's like, but you have to plant the seeds of action and you might, you you have to let go of the fact that one action or 10 actions might not get you it, but it's that 11th action. It's that 12th action. And it's going to come when you don't expect it. Cause over those actions were seeds that you planted in your vision to create new opportunity that you could act on later. But like, if we expect things too immediately, we can start to believe, oh, that's not real. Of course, yeah, it's-, see, it's not happening. It's yeah. not happening. But that's actually what I've said in our last interview on the B&E podcast. I mentioned that is that the book, the, the book, The Secret or the movie, The Secret. Oh, you know, that's really great. It's about intention. But the thing that they miss, Brandon, just what you're saying is the action part <laughs> of the story. Yeah. That is the most crucial. That is the bridge between intention and manifestation and realization. Yeah. It was like the action. It- it was like, I, I always think of the secret as being like the fast food version of, <laughs> yeah, it is. you know, like all the, intention. It's like, it doesn't have any of the, the all the, the nutrients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can scarf down that big cheeseburger, but you're not going to feel so good later on. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. You know, the things yeah, that are inside. Yeah. Take I, the I also, I also wanted to say too, it's like, it's also like with the whole thing of expectation too, is that, um, you know, sometimes it comes back to you in a way that you didn't expect, right? You know, you get it, but you have to, again, it comes to that thing of attention of being like, Oh, this isn't exactly how I expected it, but this is actually what I asked for. Yep. (laughs) There's those experiences that come with it too. And if you're not paying attention, you can, sometimes people miss it and get disheartened because like, Oh, I didn't really get it. It's like, actually you did get it, you know, because sometimes I've had like, like we, you were saying before, it's like, you know, the person who misses, you know, their bus and then like, and it seemed like such a bad thing, but then that was the way that they met like the love of their life, you know, a a scenario like that. Um, you know, sometimes we ask for things and then if we're not open and willing, because sometimes I think that life gives us back things. Sometimes it knows better than we do. In fact, I often think it knows better than we do. And it's just like, it's like, no, 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 you, you, you're asking for this. It's not really what you want. I'm going to give you this instead, right? Yeah. But it is actually what you want. It is. Have you had any sort of experiences that you could, like that? Oh, geez. Put man, oh, man. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you. Put you on like, the spot. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, it's a good one. It's a really, really good one. Um, well, a perfect example is that I didn't go to school to be a motivational speaker. Okay, like I, <laughs> and you know the story, Evan. And, and but it's it's a it's a huge story in my life because. I lost my job in the recession, much like a time that we're facing today with the pandemic. Uh, in the twenty in twenty ten, I lost my job, and I was devastated because I thought to myself, "I'm so screwed right now." Because I went to school for video game design; it's all I know. And as a as a guy with a disability, like I can't go get a construction job. I can't go flip burgers at a McDonald's because it's unsafe and in the eyes of these managers. And I thought, "I am so so screwed." But through that was the kick in the butt I needed to start this very business because I never would have quit. My, my wife, as you know her very well, she, she said to me, you're not a quitter and you never would have quit. You would have kept going through doing mm. you know, 18-hour shifts and working long overtimes just because you felt like that was the path you were supposed to be on. But I'm so thrilled that you, you lost your job now because now you can pursue – you can be in the pursuit of true happiness, which is – I think inspiring other people. So she was the biggest cheerleader in my life at that time during a time of a, almost like a pandemic. It was, a, it was the recession. And we, we all thought we were in the dumps at that time. We, and you think to yourself, that is the worst time ever to lose a job. But for me, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. And, mm. Uh, and I'm, I could probably name umpteen other times as well. Different surgeries that I feel got botched. I've had 13 surgeries. My last one was the most crucial. I had both my legs broken. And, uh, and the bones turned and yes, my legs are straight now, but because I was in a cast for two months straight, all that muscle atrophy made, made it so that I had to learn how to walk again, all over again at the age of 13, right during the peak of my growth as a teen, as a, as a young teen and, and growing. And man, could that start to screw with your, your inner thoughts mm. of, holy shit, I have to start all over. And I haven't quite been the same since then on a physical level, but that's okay because I, I still am the person that I am today as a result of everything else that has happened. And I think that's the important part is to remember to pull out the things that matter most. And, and to your point earlier, Brandon, is taking the actions that mean that you'll work towards that ultimate goal, that, that end piece. And knowing that it's bite-sized, we don't have to, you might have this big ambitious goal of having a multi-million dollar business, but what are the smaller steps along the way that you can take and know that if you break those things down step-by-step, step, that it seems way easier to digest than just saying, okay, multi-million, you know, I want six-figure salary, seven-figure salary. Yeah, but what do you need to do before that? And if you break those things down, then you can pat yourself on the back every single day to say, well, now I've finally you know, finished my business plan. And now I have a go-to-market plan. And I'm working with marketing experts that are going to help me to push my message out there and to get the things out. Those are all pieces towards that ultimate goal of getting that six, seven-figure salary if that's a driver for you. Mm. So I want people to remember that because we're not saying that gaining material success has to be a bad thing because you have to live in the world that we have constructed around us. Okay. So that can be a good thing, but ultimately what are the core drivers behind that success that is going to ultimately help you to, to live, live a better life.
whatever that looks like. And it well, that, doesn't, yeah, and that's a Pandora's box. Cause I mean, that opens up everything. Cause if, are you doing things just to try to feel like you're enough? Are you doing these things to make yourself that that's not a good reason to right. go get material success, right? That's a, that's a toxic reason. Yeah. But if you're doing it, because if I get more, I can give more and I can express more and do all this stuff and I can bring more out of me, that might be a more healthy reason. Right. And like, I think when it comes to material success, I mean, I'm, I'm for it. I, I could, go ahead. Yeah. Get the luxuries and, and wonderful things of the world, but do it, but find a, find a place that's healthy, you know, to come from, not a place of toxicity or a scarcity or something that actually weakens you and destroys you or destroys things around you. Can I, can I touch on that for two seconds? I know that yeah, we're probably sure. running over, but I, I want to, I want to talk to you about that on to you personally, Brandon, because mm-hmm. when I first met you, you were more, I'll just say it of that lifestyle, because I think at that time you were feeling like that was the method and that that was the path in which you were supposed to take was the material success. And I'm so proud of you, man, because the amount of emotional growth, I'm being real right now, the amount of emotional growth I I have seen you take over the past 15 years is incredible, man. And so what was that, not to turn the interview around on you, but what was that like for you to realize that you didn't need all of those bells and whistles. Like you didn't need all of those things to find the happiness. Well, I, you know, I think it goes back to being a kid, man. It's just like uh, being neglected a lot, no one being around. And, um, you know, I had two older brothers and they were off doing their own thing. And I was the kid brother is like, you know, a lot, you're a lot younger than them that they had to take care of. Right. And my parents were busy working, doing their thing, having their right. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, um, I think for me, I, I, I started to believe that I needed to do really important things to get noticed, to matter, to feel like I was enough. So a lot of my, a lot of my early years, a lot of my twenties were really just about trying to do something to basically get attention, to get love, Mm. to, to feel like I mattered, you know, because, um, uh, you know, I just didn't. And I think like for me, um, you know, in certain ways, I, you know, I say I went through my existential crisis. That was kind of the peak. Like that was the peak moment of that worldview being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it was painful because it's like a, it's an identity crisis. You know, you, you built your whole life around thinking that if I do these things that all matter. And the weird thing is the world rewards you for it. You know, you get things like you get things that actually make you feel like that's working. Like, um, you know, when you, when you put yourself into a position, uh, where people want to work with you or be with you, they, they start to give you the things that you're looking for. And it's like a drug, but the problem is, is that if they take it away or it goes away, you're, you're left with nothing. Right. And, and, uh, I, I think what happened for me is that, you know, you, you're kind of, you're like a gambler. You're like putting the bet down and you're putting the bet down and then you put all your chips down and then you lose and you got, you got nothing. And, yeah. and when you got nothing to offer, you go, well, like, am I nothing? And then I started to realize that I'm not, I'm not that I I'm the thing that creates that I'm the thing that actually, you know, and, and that was the transition for me, but it was painful. I have to say it was very difficult. It was very uncomfortable, but yeah, like I'm glad that I was able to transform through it because what I was living looked good and felt good at times, yeah. but it was kind of hell because deep down, I never felt good enough when I was doing that. And no matter what I did, and there was always kind of an emptiness. And as much as I became good at covering that hole inside myself, mm-hmm. it, 
it just was a constant game of trying to keep up with it, you know? And yeah, it was always say, there. Man, it was yeah. a, it was a rebirth for you. It was a rebirth. It was, it was, it was a, it really, truly a re- was. Yeah. rebirth for you. I witnessed it as you were going through it. Evan, yeah. you witnessed it very closely as well as, as a partner of Brandon's and through this whole experience. And, and I know also Evan, you know, not that we're making this into a, a session, a therapy <laughs> session or anything, but I know that you too have gone through. Uh, in fact, I'm so proud of you because you recently wrote uh, a blog post on your, on your website about some of those realizations for yourself on a personal level too. And so if we're, if we're diving into Brandon, we might as well dive into <laughs> you, I think too. And like, because what was that like for you to finally have the courage to, to come out and talk about that as well? Yeah. I mean, um, it, it was me ad- addressing, um, just the the level is me coming to an awareness of the level of of anxiety and fear that that I lived with and uh, and how long I've been been living with that. and but not only that, but there's also a whole lot of shame that often comes with that. and and for myself, I was living with a lot of it because, you know, um, as people, and I think you know, I think not that that all people don't go through this, but I think there's definitely something that exists a lot within male culture, which is that, you know, that's not okay for you to to have that. It means that you're out of control. You don't have your shit together, all of this sort of stuff. And Mm -hmm. so the more secret it was, it was just um, the more power it had. And so it was just time to, to come out with it and just, and just tell anyone and everyone who, who wanted to, to read it and to listen to, to know this about me. Um, but you know, it's, it's for me, it's, it displays to me and, and everything that we're sort of just talking about in this section here is, uh, you know, there's this, there's an insight, there's a wisdom that has been passed along since like the beginning of humanity, since like the moment that the lights went on <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> you know like i am i am here what is like what is this yeah. um you know but there's been this 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 pattern of you know of of sort of death and rebirth and you know by the time that we actually face our our actual sort of physical death you know that we've actually died many times Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what this is like that. That's kind of like the wisdom of these things. It's like, no, we die many, many times. We die to the person that we were before. We die to the beliefs that we had before. We die to, you know, the ideologies, the, you know, all of these things, they are a death and they do, they are challenging and they are difficult, but mm-hmm. they, they always lead to a rebirth into something that is better we're we're more clear we are wiser we are more truly authentically the people that that we feel ourselves to be yeah you know and then we we go and we do it all over again yeah uh pema pema children she's um she's a an incredible buddhist you know monk and writer and i read from one of her books she said uh, awakening is the continual annihilation until only that which is true remains. Mm-hmm. 
And there's just something about it's like this continual annihilation. And that's sort of, it's that death thing. It's like we continually annihilate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, I, I think that the wisdom comes from learning to move with that cycle and be a part of that process consciously instead of resisting it. Yeah. And not that it necessarily makes it more comfortable, but, um, but there's a, it takes a different, a somewhat of a different quality and it's hard to necessarily, necessarily say what that is, but, you know, just the awareness of sometimes that that's what's going on is, is it provides a kind of comfort, I guess. Well, and the fact that like all three of us right now, we're, we're willing to be completely vulnerable and to share those realizations uh, with the audience and with ourselves. I think that that speaks to, um, speaks to who we are and to our growth and to our evolution, because I honestly don't know 10 years, 15 years from uh, before this, if we would have been able to come to those types of conversations and mm. felt like it was okay, as, as you said earlier, because of the constructs we've been trained to believe that we live in. Um, but I think that the more that you're willing to put your guard down and open yourself up to, to having those conversations, that is true growth. And people are going to be naysayers and they're going to be combative and they may not necessarily agree with what you're saying. And it may be a struggle to pull someone to their own realizations, but to know that it's not necessarily our responsibility to drag someone through those realizations. It's to be a supporting system for them to come to them themselves. It's like parents who try to teach their kids all what's right and wrong when really you have to give your kids the space to make those mistakes themselves. And the same thing comes with epiphanies and realizations. Give your friends, give your family the space that they need to come to the same conclusions, even if you feel like it will be best for them to come to that decision now. They're in their own space. They're in their own time. And we have to respect that. Yeah. Well, we've... Um we've like this has been a great conversation but we're probably at around that time to to yeah. start wrapping this one up um so uh Mark, i don't know if you had a drink i've been having a bit of a, a beer here i didn't today i didn't today and it's the only podcast where i haven't had a drink i don't <laughs> i i had a mint tea before I, I got on but as yeah. you know i'm still intermittent fasting i can eat now uh <laughs> so i will be having a delicious french toast breakfast breakfast with my wife when i get off the call with you guys nice. uh and then yeah and so but yeah but i will cheers uh cheers emotionally yeah i will <laughs> an i had a fancy cheers. coffee evan i had a fancy coffee today. perfect it's whatever drink <laughs> yeah it's just so, a drink but <laughs> just a drink well i was drinking uh just just a straight up pilsner from steamworks oh beautiful! Um, i love their i love their pilsner yeah they've been around for a long time nice and easy didn't didn't have too much because it's like well i haven't yeah i do the intermittent fasting thing too <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't had anything to eat yet before we jumped on here. So I'm like, had a few sips. It was good. Um, so crazy. You want to start, Evan? We have a treat. Yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. We'll, we'll start. And I just also want to want to mention before I jump into these questions here. Um, yeah. That Marco, your, your words coming into this or your, the laws uh, that we have on the show, authenticity, intention, and story slash meaning uh man like th those per like those themes permeated this conversation everywhere i um, love it so all right and a few and a few other words too so oh yeah definitely of course yeah. <laughs> uh okay so 
Mark, we've got some uh, just sort of like some rapid fire questions for you, but you don't have to answer them necessarily rapid fire. But, you know, okay. we're just going to throw some stuff at you. Go into as much detail as you want or as little. Yeah. And um, don't think about the answer, I'm assuming. Just go for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is the most important book you've ever read or oh, listened geez. to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, know, you know I do a lot more listening than I do. But to be honest, I'm going to go back to this one because I it's really established me as an entrepreneur. And that's The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Uh, the mm, myth, love that book. myth revisited is like honestly about uh, not just working on your business or in your business, but a combination of the both. And it changed the way I looked at business. So I love that book. Also, uh, Michael J. Fox's autobiography is amazing. And on the audiobook, he does the reading himself, which is incredible. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, what film has had the greatest impact on you? Holy cow. Oh, man. I, that's a tough one. Oh man. Uh, I'm all okay. Back to the future. It's behind me right now. Uh, but, but honestly, back to the future, probably because of that, that idea that we control our own destiny, um, literally is stuck with me my whole life. I have a flux capacitor tattooed on my left arm. So that's how much I believe in controlling my future. Nice. Nice. Um, what is a song that completely takes you somewhere? Oh man, I don't know. You know, there's so many emotional songs that, um, that really, really get me. And, and you know that I love hip hop, but as far as like taking me somewhere, you know, a lot of Coldplay's early stuff really takes me a little bit on an emotional journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, man, like there is such good music out there. So I don't know if I can, I can nail down one particular song. A lot of even Whitney Houston's work, uh, uh, early in her career and things. Um, and some of those early 1950s, 60s, uh, singers and crooners, um, um, like, uh, yeah, basically a combination of things between 1960s, 50s and 60s crooners, uh, all the, the rat pack, all the people that you can imagine all the way up to, uh, Eminem and, and people of today, but for, for completely different reasons. Yeah. Cool. Uh all right. Where do you, where do you think creativity comes from? Uh, it comes from your core, from, from what makes you the essence of you, the light within you, I think is where creative creativity comes from. I think that, I think that sometimes we're assisted, uh, from a great beyond whatever that means, uh, when it comes to some of our thoughts, emotions, and feelings. But I think it comes down to, um, the way in which we've gone through life and the lessons that we've learned and, what makes you the core of who you are as a person is, is ultimately what uh, drives people's creative uh, thoughts and freedoms. Sweet. Um, where or how do you find inspiration? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere from every single corner, from conversations like this um, and from people that I love and I care about. I'm inspired by uh, by you guys every day. I'm inspired by people I've looked up to my whole life, guys like Rick Hansen, um, things like this. I'm inspired by uh, programs uh, on TV and, and things that make us think. Uh, basically, every single facet of life, you can find inspiration. Okay. So what is the one thing you would tell your childhood self? Um it's going to get really great. <laughs> you might be, you might be, you might be beating yourself up now and thinking that 
and thinking that things are really uh, hard and tough, but it's through those hard and tough times that you're going to discover the best elements of yourself. And as token as that may seem for some people, uh, it's so true. It's so mm-hmm. true that through the hard times, you find the best parts of yourself. I actually welcome the challenge. You know, uh, we've talked about this before, but people ask what the driver is for life. The driver for life is death. Because if we remove death and we didn't have to think, if we didn't feel like we were on a finite amount of time and the you know time was running out, I don't think we would be as driven to accomplish the things that we do. So knowing that there's an end date, but we don't know what that date is, I think is a massive driver. It's a driver for me. Because I know that if I were to die tomorrow, I want to be proud to say, like, even if I was hit by a bus tomorrow, I want I want to be able to say that, man, in the time that I was here, I made an impact and that and that you guys thought that I was a decent dude. Like, honestly, if that was your eulogy, I would live with that. That would be <laughs> that would be good. He was a decent dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I want to throw one more thing in here. This just yeah. this just came to me. This is normally our last question, but um, the the last one is normally our last bonus question. question. Bonus Sweet. question. Sweet. Um, what is one thing your future self in twenty thirty years would tell to you right now? Whoo! My future self would tell me in twenty thirty years to myself right now. Um, you followed your purpose. You followed your purpose. Uh, I've always felt that there's a unique reason why I'm supposed to be here. In fact, there's a unique reason why I was born with a disability. Uh, I've questioned it. I've teeter tottered it. I've gone back and forth on it. Does it mean something? Doesn't it mean something? Um, but I, I've always said to myself that there is a purpose. There is a meaning. There's a reason why, I have to look at the world through this perspective and whether or not people out there believe in past lives or reincarnation or things like this or soul lessons or anything like this is that I truly think um, that there, I had the capability of being a completely different person had I not been born with a disability. And I know that I'm on the right path because it just feels so. So to hear from myself 30 years from now that I followed my purpose, um, would help me realize that I didn't fall off my own track. And that's important to me. It's important to me that I, I stayed true like an arrow to the bullseye. And I, and I just kept going for it. So as simple as that is, it's true. Nice. Amazing. Nice. Well, any final thoughts for anybody <laughs> on this one? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, this has been amazing. And I, and it's funny because these uh, existential kind of conversations and sort of uh, looking inside yourself are stuff that we normally have on a weekly basis, Evan, anyways, when we have our uh, weekly check-ins and chats and things like this. But to have this with you guys in this medium has meant a lot to me. And um, and if anyone wants to uh, learn more about what I do, they, they, they're welcome to check out my website. If you Google my name, Marco Pasqua, you'll, you'll find me. But if you go to marcopasqua.com, uh, you can learn a little bit more about my backstory, about what I do and how I help people. And, uh, and that's it from me. But I'd love to hear final thoughts from both of you. Yeah. You know, I definitely like to our audience out there, like definitely go and, and check out Marco because I mean, it's just, you know, obviously this conversation has opened up a lot of things and people get to hear a little bit from you and how you think. But, um, you know, for me, this opened up a lot and you asked that question of, you know, kind of making that, 
um, observation of my growth and my change over time. And, um, you know, I wrote something this morning and I do this exercise. I write something every day about a little wisdom that I had acquired, um, through life and through this journey. And I, I figured maybe I'd share this because it was so relevant to the things you were talking about and, and just, um, I don't know. I, I'm yeah, going to share please. it. Yeah, please share it. So this was, this was my insight. It's, it's this, it's not about you getting better. You are already enough. It's about you bringing out the true you from hiding. This is your unmasking of the ego, revealing yourself authentically, connecting to your passion and your gift while building the confidence to share it with the world. This is you recognizing the impact of your existence and realizing why it is important to free from the constraints of your complacency. Boom. That, that is was incredible, what, dude. That's what I wrote this morning. And you know, it's so funny, man. It's like, like, I, I really believe like when you find your people, your tribe, your, you know, the people that you really are on your, your journey with, they all kind of talk about and share the same things because somehow we're, we're all interconnected on that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's us and we all know each other well, but then there's our whole audience and there's all these people that we haven't necessarily connected with personally on a personal level. But I would imagine that a lot of them out there are sharing that same idea. And like, I think about that question, like, what would I tell my childhood self? I would say that I would say something along the lines of like, you're already enough. Like, this is mm -hmm. just about, this is just about figuring out what that thing is underneath all the things you think you had to be. And when you commented on that and said, you know, you, you used to be this way, I was like, yeah, that was my mask, man. That was my, you know, and I've watched you go through your journey and I, uh, you know, yeah. and I think about you losing your job and then you finding your way into this business and that job was keeping you weak. Right. Yeah. And, and you were attached to it and you were scared to let go of it. But when you got some, somehow when, when the, d the death of that was the birth of this, and this conversation, which is so important. Is. And I think if I'm going to leave anybody with anything, I would say like, let the thing die and let that, let that thing burn off. Yeah. Let it, let it go. Cause it might be keeping you weak and it might be holding you back and it might be the, the ego that's hiding you from you, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing that I'm really taking away from this. And I'm really going to like, I'm actually going to go for a walk and go for a run. And I'm going to think about um, those concepts that you shared um, because awesome, for me, that's really, um, you know, it, it reminds me more and more. It's like, yeah, this is an un unraveling and unveiling to myself yeah. and, and, and to each of us, I believe, you know, we're all going through an unveiling of ourselves if we're willing, you know, yeah. Want yeah. That. you have to tell yourself that you're willing to, to, to start. Yeah. Right. Evan, any, any final words from you? No, man? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and follow that. So <laughs> That's awesome. It's all been but, said, but so, thank you. Thank you for, thanks for having me on guys. I really appreciate yeah, thanks for it. Coming on, man. I know I'm not a traditional artist in the sense of some of the artists or people in the industry that you're used to having on the show. Um, but I appreciate that you value my voice and you value my message enough, uh, to hopefully resonate with your audience. So I, I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart, uh, much gratitude to both of you for, for giving me a stage and a platform to, to share my message. Well, Marco, I think that you are a tremendous example and illustration to how expansive the title of artist actually and truly is. So thank you for joining us and giving us your time. No problem, man. All right. We'll see you guys soon.
Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.